0: wedge Dooj. Red Alarm. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. wedge Dooj. Red Alarm. wedge Dooj means three ships in Klingon.
1: Three shits?
0: Three ships. Oh,
1: ships. Yeah. <laughs> Sh- ah. I and of ship.
0: course, Red
1: Alarm, yes. Doesn't mean Red Alarm. I think it'll, but... be the, I think it'll have to be the first um, you know, uh, mature listeners only rating we'll have to put. I, I said it. Uh, banned words right in the first few seconds. Although, there are no banned words on the podcast.
0: Penultimate episode of Season 2, which is called, again, Wedge Dudge. I think that's how we say it. I don't even know if they say it in the episode. I can't recall. So,
1: well, we can always do it at uh, Discovery Season 1 style. Wedge Dodge.
0: George. I'm very curious. There's no opening teaser in this episode. Which we've gotten... Again, early in the season, I'm I'm very curious what the thinking behind that is. When do they feel like a teaser is needed versus when do they feel like one is not needed? Because sometimes they just have a punchline and it's unrelated. Sometimes it is related. Sometimes they don't include one at all. I'm very curious how they come to that decision.
1: Good question. I think when we have um, the creator Mike whatever on, we can ask.
0: Mr. McMahon, if you happen upon our podcast, I think we deserve an answer to that. We don't yeah, deserve I an we answer. Agree. We I, I, we don't deserve an answer. That sounds. An answer. I would like I to know what the like reason behind that is. So I
1: think we'd be a great podcast for. I'm just going to say you. I'm just going to assume he's listening. I think we are a great podcast for you to come on to, Mr. McMahon.
0: I think so too. Penultimate episode of season two. So very different episode. I mean that in the best way possible. This was unlike any other Lower Decks episode that we have seen before.
1: Agreed. I and walked away from agree? this
0: very impressed. I liked what I saw.
1: Me too. And I would love if they did more like this because mm-hmm. this is an example of using animation to its fullest degree. You don't have to build a set for all these different ships. Yep. You don't have to put on the costumes, right? Go crazy with it. You're animated. You can do whatever you want.
0: Didn't you also feel like going through some of it as we jumped from ship to ship? We went from the Klingons. We went to the Vulcans. And it wasn't all funny, right? It wasn't all comedy. I know that sort of in the midst of the Klingon and even the Vulcan stuff, while there was some serious stuff that they were building to, I thought to myself, you know, I'd be very curious to see another animated series that might take the source material a little more seriously and and like, like play the plots much more seriously because there wasn't, in my opinion, there wasn't a whole lot of comedy in this episode, which was okay. There were some laughs, but again, they came out of the situations that we were just presented with. It wasn't the plots. What the plot wasn't funny per se, But, I don't know, I'd be curious to see an animated series tackle the Star Trek universe, but do it in a very serious way. Because I think that this demonstrated that
1: it can be done. Oh, totally. And I think that, I would assume they would go with a different animation style. One would think. But they certainly could pull it off. And actually, the new head of um, Paramount came from the animation division of... I don't know, what, Nickelodeon? So perhaps it could happen. But I could definitely see them taking advantage of it. I wonder if, if how they would handle it, if it would be a full sort of series.
0: I don't know. I mean, you could, I mean, the animated series, the original animated series, of course, was serious. It wasn't a comedy. Right. But I think, for me, this reinforces that you don't have to go the animation route to be funny. You can be serious, and oh, certainly. the show has done a lot on the back end of the season of doing what I consider to be far more serious, take plots far more seriously, rather than just play them for laughs, which I think yeah, I said I last would... week was what I found to be the sweet spot of the show.
1: I would like to see... I'd like to see them try it. It's sort of a, an American thing, where... Uh, animation generally has to be yeah. uh, funny. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in Japan, there's way more of
0: serious. Yeah. Anime uh, But anime is an example of being serious, yeah.
1: But I've been watching What If, Marvel What If on Disney+, Plus, and <clears throat> they have certainly been some funny episodes, but mm-hmm. um, it's been mostly serious. And the animation is pretty good. So hopefully yeah. that could be the start of something.
0: But this Amazing. was a... V- but this was a very, I thought this was a really good one. Um, it's funny, I'm finding it difficult to come up with new ways every week of saying, this was a great episode, I like this one, all right? because I, I can't really, I'm not, a I'm not a thesaurus, I can't think of a alt- alternate oh. ways of saying it, right? But
1: uh, My day job is a thesaurus.
0: Yeah. <clears throat>
1: but it was different
0: in the sense that the lower deck's Just well, just the crew of the Cerritos in general were one plot. We were actually jumping from a Klingon ship to a Vulcan ship and getting to kind of see the lower decks of those ships. And at first I'm thinking to myself, why are we seeing this? What's kind of the what does this have to do with anything? It's cool to see that this like that this lower deck stuff is not just specific to Starfleet, that we're seeing like sort of the Klingon and Vulcan counterparts of it. But I thought Okay, so what are we doing? What's going on
1: here? And boy, and, did it pay off well. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If only you spoke Klingon, you maybe would have been able to figure it out. I will As say you noticed that there were three ships.
0: I will say that the Klingon side of things, the Klingon lower decks. One of my first notes in watching this was saying I could totally see another lower deck show focused on the Klingons because and you could get some pretty good comedy out of that too, but I, I would, I would love, I would be so into seeing a Klingon lower decks, a Klingon themed lower decks series.
1: And I think they got some great comedy out of this. Yes, I don't know if it's a well you would want to keep going back to, but I, I, I mean, I would be, I would be down for it.
0: I think there's some, you could get some really good Klingon, you could get some really good comedy mileage out of that. I don't know how much, how much you could. I don't know if it would sort of wear out of its welcome at some point. I think it's just because the Klingons are so over the top. And you think of all of them as warriors and they're always fighting and, you know, they lead that warrior's life. But again, you need those ones who have to scrape the bottom of the targ ba- of the, uh, the, uh, the barrel, the gach barrel, excuse me, and do all those little, like, mundane tasks while well, and, also and being warriors. Yeah.
1: Even if you are a warrior, I mean, how much warrioring does someone really do in a lifetime? What percentage of their right. week is warrioring? Maybe yes. 5% if you're lucky? So there's a lot of downtime between being a warrior that's ripe for comedy. And I think we saw some of that where they really were trying to keep up the persona. It's like having a bunch of alpha males together and they're (laughs) all trying to out-alpha male one another. That's a really
0: good way of putting it because the, the side of the Klingons that we are mostly exposed to are those kinds of Klingons. They're always Klingon warriors, so they're working toward that. We don't see the lower deck side of it where you're going to have those Klingons having to do those stupid, low-level, meaningless tasks mm-hmm. for the, right? So in a way, while I think it's great to see it on a Starfleet ship, I feel like there's actually more comedy to be mined on the Klingon side because the juxtapositioning of it just sounds ridiculous. You know, I'm a oh. warrior, but I have, to, I have to get a new barrel of blood wine or I have to clean out the, 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 this bowl of gach. Right. right, or yeah.
1: my bowl of gawk is too salty. Yes. Or little things like that. <laughs> oh, right. it's too hot, ow!
0: <laughs> and and what's great about it is that they would still treat it that way. Like, they would still,
1: you know... Where is my salt for my gawk?
0: I'm I think sorry, I will get that for you stuff. now.
1: Yeah. So what what are the names of their dogs? Tugs. Okay, so I think I was totally summed up yeah. when we uh, hear about the Tark's Bowl movement. It was a most honorable movement. Yeah. <laughs> That was fantastic, and maybe I jumped ahead to one of my favorite lines of the week, but that yeah. was great because even when picking up dog poop, you have to frame it as something remarkably. You badass. have to
0: frame it as a you know as something a warrior like with a warrior way about it, right? That's how you have to frame it. yeah. So I guess mm-hmm. maybe if we could say it again, if Mike McMahon is listening, please give us more of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's yes, it's wonderful. Yes, yes. I think a great thing that we also got to see in a more serious side, is the structure, the power structure of the Klingons, which is very much like the power structure of the Mirror Universe, which is you kill to get ahead. Right. And I do think that if there was some sort of a theme throughout, it was interesting that Boimler, at the beginning, kind of laments the fact that he doesn't understand the social interaction of the ship and he wishes that they were, they were more like Klingon ships or every, all the roles are clearly defined. Right. So it was interesting is that so. he says that and then we get to see it. Well, right. And you're left thinking, well, Boimler, I think you're wrong. I think this would not actually be a good environment for you.
0: See, and when he said that, and then they cut to the Klingon ship, I thought they were kind of doing what you said where they're kind of treating, are they treating this like a family guy thing where this is just being shown... As a joke, right? But yeah. then we see Vulcans, right? So which so the plot of this week is that the Cerritos is going to another planet and there's some downtime. So the crew has some R and R, and all the lower deckers get paired up with a Bridge Buddy except Boimler. Now Boimler is trying to warm up to somebody and find his own Bridge Buddy, so he's trying to warm up to Ransom. Right? And we've seen similar Plots like this before, where like the crew is going to a planet, but they've got some downtime in between, so they're gonna try to do some other things, and it leads to some sort of quiet episodes of the of the other shows. But as all of this is going on, we're getting they're taking us aboard the lower decks of a Klingon ship, and then the lower decks of a Vulcan ship, and we're kind of left scratching our heads, scratching our heads, going, "What what are they doing with this? Why are we seeing this? Because it's not, at least in the first, I think." time we see them i would argue maybe more the vulcans on the klingon side of it it's not clear how this is feeding into anything or whether if it's or if it's even leading to anything the vulcan side clearly seems to be leading to something it's just not we obviously don't know but we're we at getting
1: least we're... nugget with boimler saying that right but i will just say for me it never once <clears throat> crossed my mind to question it i was so enjoying the ride right once we went to a Klingon ship, I thought it was great. I wouldn't have cared if the whole rest of the episode was just jumping from one if they went to uh, you know, uh you know, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Right. It could have been any species next.
0: But it also it never made me wonder about what the lower decks were on one of the other on a ship of another race, right? It didn't even
1: Oh, so if they went to Andorians next, I would have been happy the whole yeah. way. They could have kept going.
0: <clears throat> so But the Vulcan stuff I thought they went to the Klingons first, I believe, which we just kind of discussed. But then they went to the Vulcan ship. So in the clink, but on the Klingon ship, the Klingon's fo- it's focused on a Klingon named May I'm going to say Mach? I don't think I'm going to say this wrong. And he's trying to impress his captain so he can be made first officer, right? It's kind of like a Boimler equivalent on a Klingon ship, right? He's trying to make his Absolutely. way up, so he's trying to warm himself up to to somebody. And once we what we see is we see the uh, The captain says, you know, somebody's going to be my second-in-command for whoever impresses me most. So naturally, the Boimler equivalent is now tasked with wanting to do that, which is exactly what Boimler would do on the Cerritos, right? He wants to make the best impression. That's what he does do. He wants to try to make the best impression that he can. On the Vulcan side, we get this sort of rebellious young Vulcan, Who I wouldn't really say is sort of like the... the, I wouldn't really call a Boimler equivalent. But um, she's sort of like a... I think it's...
1: If you took Boimler's ambition and put him into the Klingon culture... Yeah. That's exactly what it would be. And I think he's run the money when he says, like, you know, he wishes that it was... Or at least he knows what he would think he would do if if he was in a system where it was so clear-cut.
0: Right. So, the, yeah, Probably. so the, maybe you're right. So the Boimler equivalent could be the Vulcan one as well, but it's, it's the ambitious side of it is how it would be reflected in a Vulcan. Like that's who, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so this rebellious young Vulcan named Talin, she uncovers a strange occurrence taking place in a far-off part of space. So she's essentially taken the sensors and increased their range, and something seems strange out there. So she wants to go to the captain and convinces the captain to go out there and investigate. So why don't we sort of begin with the Klingon plot? So I know we kind of went into it a little bit, but this was a really, to me, this was a really fun plot. It started off humorous, but then it got serious fairly quickly.
1: Yeah, I I really thought, so this is sort of a point about the Vulcans and the Klingons, but... And I only just realized this now as we were beginning, but if you think about all the Star Trek we've gotten, this is the first time we've seen classic Klingons in how many years? Since Enterprise?
0: Well, we saw them briefly last season when they went to that planet. In the the second episode? second episode i think it's when boimler has to take that klingon ambassador down to that planet and they lose him yeah fetch me my drinking horn i need ale so we do see them there
1: true but it's the first time we've seen i don't know something about being on their ship reminded me a lot but being, of being series films
0: i think being that imbued in the klingon sort of environment aesthetic yes yes you're right correct yeah.
1: So I think that's very interesting. And also, I don't believe we've seen Vulcans like this in a long time either.
0: No, it's interesting. The Vulcans, despite being in the late 24th century, it still has. It's still they haven't changed much since the Enterprise days as far as their ships look, the interiors, how they they haven't. Not much about them has changed since then,
1: which makes a lot of sense. actually.
0: Yeah, it does make but a lot of works. sense.
1: It's logical that we stay the same. It works. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I think it was really cool, actually, to see just the classic Klingons and the classic Vulcans without right. having to put a twist or a new angle or anything like that.
0: It was. It was great to see the Kling, like the classic sort of over the top. I would say more over the top than what we have seen on the previous shows.
1: Yes, right? I think they both bordered on satire, where they sort of exaggerated uh-huh. all yes. of the. Uh, to the point of silliness almost, some of the traits right. of each. Right. So And one thing that I thought was great also it was such a classic Klingon idea is lamenting the loss of the warrior ways. Yes. Yeah. We used to be so much more badass. It's a very good like to
0: us. It's a very interesting thing. I was thinking about this as I was watching it. So there was an episode of Enterprise in the second season called Judgment, which focused on the Klingons and um, it kind of it was sort of that series episodes send up to Star Trek Six. Captain Archer is captured once again because he was captured so many times on that show. Placed in a, within a Klingon tribunal, and so he has a Klingon warrior, a Klingon uh, lawyer, with him, played by JG Hertzler, who played Martok on DS Nine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And while this is during the Enterprise days, so the humans and the Klingons do not have. An alliance together. They're still they're bitter enemies at this point. They've only just known each other for about a year and a half or so. The Klingon that's representing Archer is actually lamenting the warrior lifestyle that the Klingons have now begun to lean toward. Because he was he's talking about how great the Klingon society used to be. You know, they were scientists, they were, you know, they were scholars, they were everything. And he's like, he said, you know. Because what they were doing is the two of them were talking and they're kind of comparing notes about the, you know, the pasts, the civilization's history, and just something about that line really, I just really liked when he says when the Klingon lawyer says we were a great society, not so long ago, and now it's just all about, what, he says we're, we're acts of courage, we're acts of honor, were achieved by true courage, not sens- yeah. not senseless bloodshed.
1: Yes, and it's yeah. it's it's sort of a flipping of the script because whenever we've seen. The um right. the Klingons usually they're they're upset that they're losing their warrior ways. We saw right. it in what Star Trek Five was it?
0: Yeah, um, kind of, yeah,
1: yeah. There was that. Uh, yeah, so we see that this this pushback against becoming more uh, what's the word? I don't want to say civilized because you know it's their culture. If they want to live that way, that's fine. I'm mm-hmm. Not saying that ours is great, but you know just opening themselves up to the rest of the galaxy, the universe.
0: Well, in the first episode of Enterprise, and they're getting ready to bring Kling back to his homeworld, you know, the crew obviously doesn't know anything about the Klingons. They're just going based off what the Vulcans have said. And I remember Lieutenant Reed says, he asks Malcolm, he asks um, Mayweather, he says, uh, didn't you read the brief about these Klingons? And he goes, no. He goes, oh, well, apparently they sharpen their teeth before they go into battle. Um, mm. But I think the moment on enterprise I, I was referring awesome
1: to of that in this episode if I'm not mistaken
0: the the moment i was referring to earlier with enterprise when they were talking when that klingon was lamenting how they became how they were like leaning toward becoming like a warrior type civilization i found that interesting because and it, i think it ties into what we're seeing on the sort of lower deck side of the klingon ship because like i realized in that moment we i don't know anything about the klingons outside of them just being these warriors who just, again, commit senseless bloodshed.
1: Right? Yeah, What's, they're what is the civilization no, like? That's with honor. <clears throat> if they're feeling that their honor has been disparaged. They have to right. fight to restore it or something. Right. Um, I did think, though, that one thing it did very well. If these were new aspects of the Klingons, it none of it um, seemed to violate anything I already knew. So he said, Klingons... That essentially, he said Klingons would not engage in that kind of um, mm-hmm. the sneaky warfare, right? Where they're arming one <laughs> enemy to distract the real enemy. And how he says it is, um, Klingons would not have someone else fight their battles for them, right? Like that makes a lot of sense right. given their focus on honor. So I think that was well done. That it, it all fit with what we know. It definitely they didn't fit. try to break any new ground.
0: It definitely fit. I mean, they added some new things. Again, the lower deck side of it, but. They still kept it, was still in keeping with who the Klingons were from what we had seen on previous shows. Um, But throughout this plot, this Meha, is that how you say his name? Mach? I don't even know. Mach? I think it's Mach. Um, As he's trying to impress his captain to become his second in command, he's uncovering some really shady shit going on. And we find out that the captain is actually trading weapon, giving weapons to the, to our favorite dumbasses, the Paklids, which Uh I had forgotten about something until I was reminded by reading about something, reading about it online, going back to the second, I think it's the second episode of the season when Boimler is still aboard the Titan and they're in the conference room. Riker makes mention that the Pakleds are receiving weapons from an outside source. And then we actually see the Pakleds in that episode using Klingon disruptors.
1: Oh, brilliant.
0: So there's your answer. So that. this was all... Arc. This a long arc. a long arc.
1: We didn't even know it. Yeah,
0: like this shit was all going on in the background and we didn't even know. Mm-hmm. So... That's fun. But I, the thing is, like, I didn't question that at the time, really. Because it just it didn't seem like...
1: No, I, I mean, we know that they sort of swindle. My
0: mind was somewhere else back technology then.
1: Technology from people too, so it right. It makes sense that oh, they must have swindled some Klingon ship once.
0: Well, in my back then, my mind was too focused on how's Boimler getting back to the Cerritos. I wasn't thinking outside of that very much. So
1: right, yeah, no, that's that's good. That's good. The
0: plants they were seeding back then just were not occurring to me. To think that this may become something later. Right. So, yeah. But once this, once he finds out what's going on, he decides to rebel up against the captain himself and become the ship's new captain.
1: Because yeah. the captain is going against the Klingon High Council, right? Which is another right. classic Klingon trope. Right. Exa- They're well, trying to be peaceful and I'm going to go out and start a war anyway.
0: Well, cause this, this, Because he's lamenting his sort of warrior ways, the, the Klingon warrior ways, he's trying to destabilize the Federation by helping the Pakleds, And... I mean, okay, interesting, but... There was this background season-long arc happening, but we weren't really getting... Now that I... With that information, going back to that episode I was just referring to, I, I can't place... Whether it was picked up again in the episodes in between, I know we saw the pack leads again. We've seen them a couple of times, but I don't think that it really, I, I to my recollection, it didn't really hint at what we saw this week.
1: Yeah, no, I don't know. We'll leave that to one of those uh, twelve things you missed in Star Trek: Lower right.
0: Dix, Exactly. It's it's more or less like a well, maybe not. Like, it's it's almost like it's 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 a small thread that they just picked up on. They yeah, seeded something. If you
1: noticed yeah. it, great. If you didn't, it doesn't matter. Everything right. still makes sense. Right. Keep moving. Um, Love it.
0: But a, but a very interesting interesting plot. And obviously it comes to a head at the end with the other plots that we are going to refer to. So mm-hmm. before I move on to the Vulcan plot, was there anything that you more that you wanted to say on the Klingon side of things?
1: Um, I do think that it was interesting just simply that he got promoted essentially to errand boy. Yes. And then just killed the captain and then he was the captain.
0: Right. So
1: an interesting uh, structure there. One thing I thought was interesting, I believe the Klingon was listening to human opera.
0: So oh I didn't I Oh know, I, didn't that catch that. Make any sense I didn't catch to that. I didn't catch that. It
1: sounded yeah. like a human opera to my ears. I've only heard one Klingon opera, and that was uh, when Riker went to see The Piano Lady.
0: Well, as they said in Star Trek VI, not as, I know it's not opera, but as General Chang said in VI, or not General Chang, I'm sorry, Chancellor uh, Gorkon, you've not experienced Shakespeare until you've read it in the original Klingon.
1: That's true. Maybe all opera was Klingon, and we just didn't know it.
0: Maybe. So the um, Vulcan... Oh, I'm
1: sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I didn't else to say, but let me see. Da, 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 da. No, I'll save it for way. Okay. All right,
0: good. So the Vulcan plot. Now this one obviously was it was a li- was there was no real humor in this one because it's it's the Vulcans, right? So they're kind of devoid of humor altogether. And oh, and I thought it was hilarious. This was to me, this this is what I mean when I felt like they I could see an animated series taking with a, with a bit of a more serious tone. Because I was intrigued by what was going on. But you thought it was hilarious?
1: Yeah, so I started it off, I didn't, and then eventually it crossed over into satire for me, where it became so exaggerated that I thought mm. it was hilarious. And it was very funny, actually. I was watching it and Julia was in the room. And uh I forget what she said. She said something like, Oh my god, this is so boring. Um But I thought it was hilarious. Right. Because so here's what I thought was so funny. Thing So, what was our main character's name? Do we know? Talin. Talin?
0: Talin. Talin.
1: Talin. Okay, yeah. so Talin would say something like, uh, I have, uh, you know, boosted the range on our scanner. And they would say things like, you've lost the whole control. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. it's so disproportionate, but it's also so Klingon.
0: So Vulcan, just, too. I don't
1: Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Only Vulcan. It's so Vulcan. Um, And things. So when when. um,
0: It's like the moment she deviates, even by the slightest. Yeah. There's something. There's something wrong with her. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And another hilarious thing. So they're saying she says things like, "I believe we should investigate this anomaly because it is uh, incongruous for this area." And and uh, the captain says something like, "Uh, "These outbursts have to end." It's like it was not even close to an outburst. I mean, so the you, fact that they would think that that's an outburst.
0: When you put it that way, yes. It just wasn't something that I... I think I was too into sort of the drama. And so I wasn't, I wasn't, oh, yeah. I wasn't seeing much I beyond going.
1: that. I can keep going.
0: Yeah. Do you want to keep going is the thing?
1: I do, yes. Okay. So they talked about... Um, she was working when she was supposed to be meditating. And they told her, if you continue this, there will be more punitive spiritualism hilarious all right okay you all right fine
0: you won me over that's okay because i didn't write those things down i didn't (laughs) yeah
1: um my instincts yeah it's saying like instincts i did think that was a little much yeah uh okay yeah so that's my whole thing i think it was hilarious i thought it was great i think the fact that also being a chess player that their idea of boring was that one of them wanted are you available to play chess
0: so this was clearly and another
1: one, no. I'm composing a piece or something. This was I clearly
0: was a, humor on a level that I just was not. <laughs> it just was not in. That I was just clearly not in touch with. So
1: it was. Yeah, I love dry humor, and this was the most dry humor.
0: I mean, when you when you put it that way, it, that's exactly what it was. And if I, you know, when I go back and watch it again, I'll will see all of that. I I think.
1: Yeah. So I think almost where the satire came in because I they think, were. Yeah. Their language was so. ...off from what was happening. Yeah. She would suggest something... ...a slight alternative... ...and they would say... ...you've lost all control.
0: I'm almost upset with myself... Oh. ...for not picking up on it. I think I was just too... In, ...I think I was maybe too invested... ...in what was actually... ...going on... ...that I just wasn't... ...seeing it that way. But yeah. Yeah, I think so again, you, Yeah, that's how
1: uh, I started. Too.
0: But... ...so, yeah, I mean... ...she's the one who's essentially... ...uncovering what... ...eventually brings the two... Low, the three real Lower Decks plots together, um, which is it comes to a battle at the end, which uh, I think as you and I were discussing a few days ago after watching it, this was really the first time we saw the Cerritos engage with the LEDs at the end of last season, but this was kind of the first time we saw them like in a legit like full-on firefight. With another ship. With two other ships. Yeah.
1: This was wild. It yeah. was it was so strange. It was. But it felt so good too. Just right. to hear things like, you know, divert power to shields. Just little things like that that you, right. you know you're so used to hearing. And you forgot
0: for a minute. You're like, oh, where yeah. am I right now? What show am I watching right now? Yeah.
1: Because yeah. usually they're transporting a dignitary or right, cleaning up graffiti or something.
0: Right. Um. But the Cerritos plot. So, on the Cerritos, as I mentioned, three of the Lower Deckers get sort of paired with a bridge buddy, and Boimler does not have one. So, he's trying to warm up to Ransom. So, he bumps into Ransom and a couple other Karimbas in the TurboLift and sort of lies and says he's from Hawaii and you know they're going to go on. And so, now they've suddenly bonded and he gets all excited and everything. Leading up to that, though, I did get a sort of kick out of like Boimler's like experimenting with trying to join everybody else's, right? Like, there was a nice moment. There was a funny moment, like, when he uh, tried to get in on Rutherford's, like, pottery class. And then when he gets in, and, like, that moment with Shaxx was really funny.
1: <laughs> they were all really – really funny.
0: It was – the po- I have to say, the pottery class was such a Next Generation-specific trip. <laughs> like, I would right. totally – yeah.
1: Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And they would have Dr. Crusher and um,
0: – You can't tell Dr. me Data – would not be in there doing pottery. I he mean, would
1: be, and Crusher and Troy, for some reason, would be wearing strangely revealing clothing while they were doing it.
0: Well, so they was, yeah. So, I, yeah, that, um, yeah, it was such a next generation specific, practically a trope, because we would definitely have seen it. Like, there would be an opening teaser with like Data doing pottery or something like that. Yeah, or like, maybe some
1: other members maybe like
0: Picard. Data and Worf are in there doing pottery, and Worf doesn't isn't really enjoying it or doesn't understand it,
1: right? And yeah. and, and you, maybe Picard would be in the background making this beautiful thing as yeah. if he's done it every day of his life, right?
0: Right. Um,
1: Data, <laughs> pinch the clay.
0: I did enjoy Boimler, like also. Coming in with uh, Tendi and the doctor who are climbing the mountain, and it's, you know it's a full-blown reference to the opening scene in Star Trek V, right down to the shirt that says, "Go climb a rock," and the, the, the boots that Spock was wearing, and then between that and falling, they're at El Capitan. Like, I thought that was, I thought that was great. I enjoyed that. I joined that a lot.
1: That was very nice, and I, I did find it very hilarious too, that so he's trying to do this, getting in on everyone's bonding time, yeah but he's really bad at it. Right. So they said, did, "Didn't you bring any gear?" Yeah. And his answer is, "I have. Oh, well, I wore this sweatshirt. As if that was appropriate climbing gear."
0: But I like when he falls, and Tendy's like, oh, "At least the safeties are on. They are on, right?" I don't know.
1: Yeah, very much did not carry. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Right.
0: Exactly. Um, not
1: very doctorly of the doctor.
0: And then he tries to get in on. He doesn't really get in on it. He just sort of like winds up and then, and then he gets out of there immediately. He's in, he, he comes in on the captain, on Freeman and um, Mariner's game of uh, Velocity. So they're playing a game. He's is,
1: smart enough to know he shouldn't get involved.
0: Right. Now Velocity, and they're fighting. The two of them are arguing because like at, during this time, Mariner's sort of lamenting the fact that like she has to have some mother-daughter time during this, uh, during this hour now that they're all having and she doesn't want to do it. So the two of them are arguing. Now, what I find interesting is that this is also a ref- this is also a direct reference to something we've seen before. This is from a Voyager episode. So, the ho- not only does the holodeck look exactly like it does in Voyager, but Seven and Janeway are playing Velocity I remember this. and they're sort of having a disagreement with each other as I mean, they play.
1: Taking it out on the, the game,
0: right? This is it's from the episode. Uh, it's from the fourth season finale, a season four finale called "Hope and Fear." It's the, actually the opening tease. So um, I got to say, like, I really enjoy Boimler's, like, awkwardness in trying to sort of insinuate himself into these situations. Yeah. It's like it, he has a place and yet not.
1: And you forgot one. First, he tries to speak. I call it Tanagra. I forget what it's called. But he goes to the bar and tries oh, to right. speak with... Uh security officer yes and he tries to speak Tanagra and he and he winds up insulting him and somehow calling him fat yeah because he doesn't that's right. speak totally, very well
0: yeah sorry i forgot about that because i was thinking of like the individual lower deckers that he tried to you know invade their time yes. with uh um, yeah i enjoyed that one
1: is there a name for the language
0: i think it's Tamarian.
1: okay yeah that i think i have the race right it. i believe Tenagra. That's yeah yeah
0: yeah that, well that was we should mention that was his first attempt and so yeah. when that failed, he decided to try to hone in on everybody else's fun, yeah, and that's so how he winds he up with. Totally that's how he winds up with ransom, and his only way to sort of like he feels like to get on ransom good, ransom's good side is to because it appears like everybody in the Turbolift says they're from Hawaii, including a non-human, who says, "Oh, I'm from Hawaii too." It's like, okay, <laughs> and, that was uh, and
1: yeah. also being that um, uh, Wesley Crusher's buddy species yes. right, yes. That's the only way I know them.
0: I forget the name of that race. Everybody, forgive me. Um, but because um, we only see them briefly on next gen, so. But I thought to myself, like, it's on the face of it, it's funny. But in the Star Trek world, like, yeah, he could have a human mother for all we know.
1: Or, or who yeah. knows? You know, um, maybe they just people. Maybe his parents relocated been, there. Yeah, who knows? Maybe they worked for Starfleet, right? right. Starfleet is interplanetary.
0: But all of that's moot oh. anyway, because we oh, find okay. out they were all lying to get on ransoms to be friends with ransom anyway. so
1: yes, they're all lying. yes.
0: Right. But they wind up uh, at a resort holodeck program, which is very similar to one that Voyager used to have. so yeah
1: you, you know who, who would go to that place?, I would, I'd rather not that place, because there's not Voyager, but you know who would go to a island uh, beach scene in the holodeck quite often? Awesome? My favorite character and not yours, Jordy LaForge.
0: It's amazing how often you manage to squeeze Geordie LaForge into a into a podcast episode. LeVar Burton would be very happy with you.
1: Well, don't you think though I mean I have a pin on my backpack of Geordie LaForge with the coconut drink and a Hawaiian shirt. Mm. Um, but don't you think that that's the most memorable holodeck beach episode in the whole franchise? I can't
0: think of very many holodeck I don't maybe the only one.
1: All right. None are
0: coming to mind, but yeah,
1: that means I'm right. Yeah, woo!
0: I hope you get to go to a convention someday and meet LeVar Burton because I want I want to see you profess your love of this character to him.
1: I'm afraid it might be like um, Troy on Community. Yeah. So in Community, Troy really, really, the character uh, really likes, really loves LeVar Burton. And he meets mm. him. He says he doesn't want to meet him, but his friends get him a chance to meet him. And right. he is actually, like, stunned into muteness. He can't speak.
0: You wanted LeVar Burton to get the the Jeopardy hosting job, didn't you?
1: Oh, God, so much, right? Yeah. I mean, come on, he deserved it. And especially yeah. after the shady stuff that went down with that producer right. naming himself, the one who was supposed to be in charge of the hunt. Yeah, I pulled a real it. Cheney on that one. I get it.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, the Cerritos stuff was fun. It was not out of the ordinary. I was far more intrigued by what we were seeing outside of the Cerritos, and so yeah.
1: Mm, um. Yes. I do have one more thing to do with Hawaii. So it was interesting when they then switched to being moon buddies.
0: Yep. Yes.
1: And when Boimler claimed that Modesto was the, like a moon to San Francisco and he, they got called out on it. Yep. And it was, it was a very good, you know, sort of a good knowledge of things. And he said, you guys claim to be Hawaiian, which is like really offensive on, on many levels or something because uh-huh. um, they're Hawaii being a former... Colony of the U.S. The yes. U.S. Uh, got rid of their monarchy and took it over essentially for uh, fruit growers and fruit plantations. And there is like a, the native Hawaiian population feels really displaced by all the tourism and whatnot. So it it was a good deep cut that that would be offensive to claim to be from Hawaii and not be from Hawaii. Mm. So good job, Mike. Very good job.
0: But again, as we know, this all came, so all three of these ships came together in the end to battle with the, to battle each other. We need to briefly touch upon how we got a minor glimpse at the led's Lower Decks. Only for a scene. And I think what makes that stand out the most was to hear the Pac Led's version of Red Alert. Yep. Yeah. Red Which alarm. You... Red <laughs> alarm. Yeah.
1: It, it it was the it was that the tone of not caring or knowing even what they're saying that made it right. funny. Right. There was it's... no urgency in the voice, it was the no same urgency was in every line. Yep. Red alarm. Red. The other one I thought, the other part I thought was equally funny was um, when one of them said, "I'm hungry. You should eat. You are smart." Those are my. That's my. You've already quoted.
0: You got my favorite oh, quote of the week. Right, nice job. Out. We're doing that a lot lately. But yeah, I mean, to sort of pick up what we were talking about earlier before we got into the specifics of the uh, of the plot. Yeah, this was the first time we saw like a real kind of like battle with the Cerritos again we we saw one last season with the Packlets, but they were kind of overwhelmed pretty quickly to your point it's sort of like the 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 back and forth battle them saying shields at so and so and do this and do that like
1: yeah yeah it was was crazy all the great stuff
0: yeah and I'm not saying like that was something that we needed but it was nice to it was kind of nice to see because you realize that we haven't seen anything like that in a while
1: Right. And it was even great. It's maybe even better that it's not something that they go to all the time. Right. Right. I actually think that definitely made it better.
0: Well, and I think it, I mean, a lot of it I think has to do with the fact that the Cerritos is a lower vessel. So it's probably not going to be doing those kinds of things very often, which makes sense within the canon of the show. Right. So I think it, which makes it all the more kind of like exciting to see it happen.
1: Right, yeah, they're not flying into danger zones.
0: Right. Typically. Right. And this exactly. is a danger
1: zone that just stumbled onto them. I think
0: what would have been I think what would have been cool though, would would have been a nice thing if they what they would could have done. Maybe some maybe for Boimler. And maybe we'll see it next week, who knows? Um because we saw him at the beginning of the season, obviously on the Titan when they're battling the Paclets, freaking out. How cool would it have been? And maybe this could still happen, I don't know. If he found himself, if they actually did make it to the bridge, and he was able to help contribute to this battle, but he was doing like he didn't freak out this time because he's grown a bit over the season, so he's actually able to do this successfully now, and it would be a real kind of far cry of, from who he was at the beginning of the season. I think it would that have been a nice fair. touch, yeah. Maybe, but again, but maybe think, they'll still do that next week. Who knows?
1: Yeah, we can do that later. Yeah, I like the fact that. For this, I think it made perfect sense that it was just the bridge crew. Yeah, because we talked before about why is the lower decks always on the bridge cr- on the bridge in the right. first season, and it did start to get a little crazy. Um, I did like, like every week for a couple of episodes.
0: I did like them all running to the bridge, like in not in their uniforms. Like Shax is back there, like still yeah. wearing the <laughs> still wearing the apron with the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with the stains all over it, and yeah. Was the yeah. the navigator like had earmuffs on. At one point, <laughs> she like she didn't even bother taking the earmuffs off. That's good.
1: That's good. Yeah. That's yes.
0: But. So yeah, I mean, it was it was it was great to see all that. And of course, they come out successfully. The the Klingon. Oh, you know, exposes his captain, fights his captain, becomes the new captain, decides to take the Klingon ship back to the High Council, report everything. Yes. The Cerritos says, we know we need to report this to Starfleet. Where it left off, I think, on a very intriguing note was with the, I don't think you'll get any argument with anybody, with on the Vulcan side of things.
1: Yeah, but definitely getting a new character on yeah. Cerritos. If not, so that would be pointless.
0: It's, it's sort of revealed that her uh, kind of rebellious ways.
1: Oh, actually, I'll give you the quote. Yeah. Your hot-headed ways warrant transfer to a Federation ship. A Federation
0: ship. So... Yeah,
1: hilarious. Hot-headed ways because she suggested they should
0: well, and you scan would, more. And you would... Yeah, and you would never hear a Vulcan say, refer to something that way, I don't think. Right? No. Um, now, is she going to the Cerritos? I don't know. Probably.
1: Of course she is.
0: Yeah. If but not... I
1: th- I w- this would be okay. Wait, I just want to say this. Okay, if she doesn't go to the Cerritos, this is as bad as when they set up the Borg on Discovery and then, and then claim that they did. Take it back. Yeah. And anyone that watched season two knows what I'm talking about. If not, just disregard.com. I
0: so I hope she does. But here, here's here's my only. Yeah, I hope she does. And I was I was thinking about this after I watched the episode. I think if she went to the Cerritos, it would be so much fun because. I think what could really add to the dynamic, so everybody, everybody on the Cerritos, every character we've seen in the Cerritos, have, they all have a similar sensibility, right? Like all of the lower deckers, even though they're different, they all sort of feel, the comedy comes from them in a very similar way. I would love it if they had a Vulcan on there to be kind of the foil. They don't have a foil. They don't have a comic foil in a sense.
1: It would be brilliant.
0: And I think that would be great to have on so. this crew. Especially
1: if, imagine if she gets stationed in the lower decks with them.
0: Right. It, it makes uh, me, I, I just hope that it doesn't sort of throw off the balance, because I think four is a good number of characters to have for the lower deckers. I just oh, don't I, want it to kind of throw the balance off, if you know
1: what I mean. Oh, I want yeah. the balance thrown off. Yeah. And uh, cl- uh, nothing better than a Vulcan to do it. I right. think it's brilliant. Here's what I don't want to see. Mm. I want her to be a real character who now is on the show. I do not want this to be another. Um, I want to say Tanagarin again, and that's not what they're called. But I don't want this to be another Tanagarin where he's in an episode or two, and then he's just kind of like every few episodes he has a line.
0: Yeah, you want to see you want to see her with them on a daily basis. Like when you see a new, if you see like a new. Some new key art for the season. You want to see her alongside the four of them.
1: Yes, yes. Yes. that's what I want. I want her to be a new, actual new character. And here's an interesting thing, though. I think she will have a natural ally in Boimler. Right. Because at the end, uh, Ransom sends a newbie to the crew to Mm. talk to Boimler for help with organization and efficiency. Yes. So that seems like it's right up the alley of a Vulcan. Yep. So I think That's there may be true. something there, where we might have some a natural ally between the two.
0: This, the idea of bringing on a new, lower Deca also made me think about this. I know a few episodes back we were talking about how, when you think about the premise of the show, right? However long the show runs, you can't keep those. Char- it's clear they're gonna. It's clear they're developing the characters, right? Rather than going the Simpsons route and just keeping them where they are,
1: yeah.
0: like you need to. And what I was saying was like you gotta, they gotta rank up at some point.
1: I think right? the jury's still out on that.
0: Maybe, but where I'm going with this is that do we begin to see new lower Deckers make their way in as the current ones maybe work their way? Like think of imagine a show. This is kind of a reach, but imagine a show down the line. Where you have our four Lower Deckers, who are now the main crew, and then you have a whole new set of Lower Deckers underneath them.
1: Mm. I think... Right? I I don't
0: know if that's where that's going, but yeah.
1: I love it. I don't think... I don't expect it. Right. I find that with... I hate to put it this way, but with everything new Star Trek, whenever I've... Anticipated some radical thing. It's never happened, right? So, it's always played it safer than I think it, in my mind. So I
0: my yeah, and I mean, enough. I think my complaining about early the season kind of confirms what you said. I'm I, I I have more I have more confidence in this show though than oh, yeah.
1: yeah. And of course, you have confidence in Picard,
0: right? Just oh, Of course, but it, it doesn't terrifying. but it doesn't follow that it's not right. It's not. So it's not. It doesn't. It's not. It wouldn't follow it's its that own, kind of structure. Yeah. yeah, it's its own. That that's a, because those aren't Starfleet people, right? It it's not sort of like married to that kind of, kind of structure, right? Yeah, they didn't yeah.
1: interact with Starfleet here and there.
0: Exactly, exactly. They're far too motley for all that stuff. Like those norms yeah, don't. Uh, that doesn't apply they're to more them. Of a
1: Millennium Falcon.
0: Correct. Correct. So. um I'm excited to see where this leads next week. How this leads I into the next episode. I love it. I yeah. love
1: it. I love it. I want a Vulcan there. I love Vulcans. Everyone loves Vulcans, I think, right? Yeah. Yep. Um and especially one with a little You always want to have a Vulcan on your Trek show. Rebelliousness. Yep. A rebelliousness according to a Vulcan, you know, like right. you know, I'm sure Spock was seen there too as like a wild man. By the Vulcans
0: well if you remember on Enterprise as T'Pol spent a lot of time the more time she spent with humans other Vulcans would say to her like you've changed you're staying with the humans has changed you so right. she was I think eventually became a little bit of a wild card for Vulcans too
1: And but to us she still seems just super Vulcan all the time
0: right um, awesome. now obviously we're going to have a season wrap up But I got to say this really... I I just want to say one thing about this. Please. Um, I have confidence that this will not change my opinion. Now, I think overall, I find that between this season and last season, I find there were more sort of memorable episodes in the first season. But I think as far as like advancing plots, advancing characters, trying different things... This season, I feel like, is far superior to the first in that sense. I think that the character moments meant so much more this season. they I really felt like... The first season, it was establishing everything. Everybody, Everything was new. But this season, I really feel like they tried a lot of different things, a lot, a lot of new things, and really advanced the characters along from the beginning. And... um so I think what I'm getting at is like I am finding this season to be far superior to the first. In that, when you look at it that way,
1: yeah, it's interesting. I, I hadn't thought about it, but it's true. It, even though I laughed more in the first season and harder, yeah, I think I like this season better.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. I think it's weird to say, considering what the show's about, but I feel like it's just taking things more serious. It's taking, it's taking everything more seriously. The first one I feel like was just more about sort of like it was sight gags. It was different jokes. How, how many Easter eggs can we squeeze in? And I think they did it a fair amount in the beginning of this season. Almost at an alarming rate in some, in some cases. But right around like about a quarter of the way through the season, yes, it really began to hit in a new direction and reach some new heights and try new things. And again, do kind of more serious plots that they actually took seriously within the show. And they let the humor come out of that. The first season, I feel like things were written to be funny, but in this it's case, more
1: of a, like a punchline, like a joke punchline.
0: Exactly. And I think this season, the humor has been coming out of this, the situations rather than the situations coming out of the humor. That's what I feel like that's yeah. what they did last season. It,
1: and it's actually, right, so I think you will agree with me that Next Generation is a pretty f- funny show. Like, I uh, often laugh right. when I watch Next Gen. Like, there's plenty of jokes in there from the situation that's right. that come up. It's almost as if this show is sort of becoming <laughs> Next Gen just with a little bit more of them. Ex- you know, right. up, it up like, double, double the jokes.
0: Ex- so. I mean, when you think about... The voyage home. Um, I mean, it's not a comedy per se, but it's
1: funny. But what's, from the situation. what's
0: funny? What's funny is you have Chekhov, who is a Russian, in the streets of San Francisco in the middle of the Cold War, asking a police officer where are the nuclear vessels, right? Completely fish out of water, doesn't even realize, you know that. That's funny, Kirk can't cross the street. He can't they can't get on a bus because they don't have the correct change. It's the situation is just funny because we see how competent they are in like commanding a starship, going into battle, fighting Klingons, doing this. But they can't get on they they can't take a bus.
1: Yes. And we see them having to right. explain Spock's strangeness by saying, Oh yeah, he was a hippie who did too many drugs in the sixties. And we know Spock, and we know how hilarious and, and off character that is, but we also know that, yeah, that's the best excuse he could have come up with in 1984. Right.
0: And I think that And I think that sensibility. That's what Loadex, in my opinion, has been doing a lot of this season. It's letting the hum the humor is sort of writing itself out of what's going on. Which I re- which I truly Appreciate. I think that
1: makes them a little more subtle of humor.
0: The show was trying to prove something in the first season, and it succeeded. But I don't think that was enough. That couldn't just be. And it's weird because remember, I was saying I I just want the show to go back to what we had in the first season. But I've 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 done a full turn. I'm like, no, actually, that's not what I wanted. Like, I wanted my crew back together. Mm -hmm. But. The show, again, I just feel like had something to prove in the first season. It had to win us all over, and it did. But that, they just couldn't keep playing the, playing playing it that way for the remainder of the, for the next, over the next few seasons. They needed to, okay, now that we're here, now let's actually do something. I mean, there was a lot going on in this episode. Like, I, it was 20, what, six minutes or whatever it was, and we had, like, so much stuff going on.
1: Mm-hmm. And it all came together. And it all came together perfectly. And actually, so it was interesting. We talked about the little seed planted in the first, you know, Cerritos when Boimler mentions um, the, you know, he wishes they had a standardized social structure like the Klingons. And then we go to the Klingons. Well, I just realized, just as as another testament to their excellent writing in this, um, one of my funniest lines is actually the clue the little planted seed that led to the Vulcans because uh one of the Klingons uses the word logical and a character says haha logical are you a Vulcan now maybe you should cut your bangs (laughs) which I thought was hilarious yep um that they would that's what the Klingons would think of to think that that's what they would think of when they think of Vulcans
0: yeah they all
1: but then we go, we cut to Vulcan's neck. So the end a seed planted and then a seed planted. Yep. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Well, excellent writing.
0: Well, and also I think one of the, the other, one of the other things about this episode that I truly appreciate going from ship to ship was great, but think about how much this really we've been on the Cerritos the entire time. We've not seen really much beyond that, beyond the walls of the Cerritos. This episode really expanded the world. Right, like, like I want to see that Klingon captain again. I want to see him come back. All right, yeah. Right, like
1: I don't really want to see that Vulcan captain, but I want to see but, the Vulcan character. But what I
0: mean is, like, you know, Lower Decks has not done, like, on Discovery, on well, not so much of a card, but like in the past, on Discovery, you had like Admiral Cornwell. You had you had these sort of various recurring outside characters who would come back from time to time. You know, Next Generation had Admiral Nechev, who would come back on occasion. Like, Lower Decks doesn't really have that. You have Freeman's husband, who we've seen a few times. But, like, we we don't really have an established, like, recurring set of outside characters who we kind of come back and revisit from time to time. So, I, I would like the show. That's what I hope the show I want to see, I want them to expand their world a little bit and bring more of those people in. I mean, I know it's doing a lot of the pack led stuff, but we're yes, seeing different pack may, leads every time.
1: I do like having the pack leads come back. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Uh, granted, I guess I could cut them some slack. They do only have 20 whatever minutes, and they are True. doing a lot with it. But they are. yeah, I think that would be thing
0: to do. Um, so, to end this, we did get one more glance at a different at some lower decks on a different ship. we got to see what it looks like on the Borg ship
1: yes that was well done well done
0: that was fantastic that was absolutely fantastic yeah it was- it kind of it sort of reminded me of those like the 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 uh the epilogues on Police Squad, when they would just sort of like stand in place, they would just like add a joke at the end. Like, I just love that it just held on the Borg. And I was watching it waiting for something to happen. Not, I don't know what I was expecting to happen.
1: But, yeah, me um, too. I thought yeah. maybe something would happen.
0: But it was, it was wonderful. It was so, it was so great. It was really, really, yeah. G- fantastic episode. I mean, really, really
1: great episode this week. Very fun. And, um, very fun, excellently plotted, excellent resolution, even just, you know, we barely even talked about what the big storyline is, and the big storyline is that, mm-hmm. you know, the Klingons were giving the specific bombs to the Pakled, knowing that they're very strong, and they could yeah. do some damage to Starfleet, and cause some trouble, and then this captain would be able to sweep in and maybe attack some, uh, some Federation vessels. Right. And... Because they were using the bombs from the Klingons, the Vulcans were able to pick up the signal because those particular bombs let out a certain yep. frequency of whatever. Mm-hmm. So you know, just a tight story.
0: And I wonder, like, what this what this might do for the crew of this, just for the crew of the Cerritos, because Freeman does say we have to we should report this to Starfleet, right? Because this There's was something
1: engaged in battle. And-
0: I mean, this because if you think back to the early part of the season, this would have been something that Riker might have been dealing with right right so
1: yeah they sort of they they dealt with a problem that was way above their pay grade
0: that and see and that's what I'm that's what I'm kind of thinking about as these episodes go on is the show becoming is the show like slowly inching its way to becoming upper decks
1: right or because maybe yeah you'll keep the crew yeah but they'll get a better ship yeah. You get a constitu- no, it's not Constitution class. What do they call it?
0: That's California class. California class.
1: No, but what do they call the Enterprise level at this point? At
0: this oh, the, well, the Enterprise was a... Whichever Enterprise you're referring to, but Kirk's Enterprise, for example, was a Constitution. No, I know that. Class. I'm saying
1: in the time period of Lower the Decks... Flagship? Called,
0: the Flagship? Don't, I, don't, I don't know they
1: what you mean. Call so, they didn't call it Constitution.
0: I don't know what you're asking all right, me. All right,
1: all right. All right. All right let's <laughs> back up. So I know in the original series, it was a constitution class, but yes. I also know that they never called the Enterprise in Next Gen's time a constitution class. Oh, the galaxy so class. So what I'm asking is... A galaxy, galaxy. class. Thank you. Okay. That's okay. exactly okay. what I'm asking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the flagship. They give them it was galaxy the,
0: fla- the, the, the flagship. The Enterprise was the, was the flagship. Picard's right. Enterprise was the flagship, yes.
1: Right. But yeah. I don't expect to give uh, Freeman a flagship, but maybe they just give her another galaxy class. A or more pristine...
0: A more prestige vessel.
1: Yes, a New York class. I don't know about
0: the California Yes, well, one that does sort of maybe more important things.
1: Yeah, maybe a Massachusetts class.
0: Well, I think because, don't you, do you feel like we've we've seen numerous moments across the season where it seems like opportunities are being presented to this crew or to us for this crew to move beyond the kind of lower decks that they're in? Boim is trying to move up. Freeman, the 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 uh, the Cerritos is now doing stuff, as you say, beyond its pay grade. Do you feel like the show is like kind of making its way out of out of that, and maybe
1: moving up a level? I do believe they definitely built like it's moving beyond cause. its premise. I definitely do think that they've built the common cause between the lower deckers mm-hmm. and the bridge crew of how both are fighting for respect, one within the ranks of the ship and one the the bridge crew within the ranks of Starfleet. So I do think that it makes sense that both are moving toward uh, moving up a bit. And I could see this uh, being a a spur to that movement. And I would really like to see, I don't know if it would be... Make sense for Starfleet, but just to say, you know what? This crew is great. Let's just move them all right to a higher class ship and then we'll give the Cerritos to, you know, I don't somebody.
0: I mean, it could be a factor in that when you, when you explain what the premise of the show is, it sounds funny, but when you start actually doing it, like, maybe like after two seasons, you think, okay, this is, okay, but how much, how much more can we get out of this joke? Right? Like, Or do we actually take them somewhere beyond this? Mm. Is this where the show starts off, but it doesn't end that way? It starts off as Lower Decks, but it doesn't end that way. Right. Yeah.
1: I, I do think you could get a, a lot out of it. I mean, most other Trek shows, there's not much movement. Right. And they last just fine.
0: Right. I think because... The, well, I think the premise of this is so specific.
1: Yeah, I guess yeah, that's true. And if you're in the that, flagship, you're going to go from there.
0: That how do you... How do you sustain that for... I mean, I I, obviously we don't know how long the show is going to run for. But, you know, say it runs for 10 seasons or whatever. Is it 10 seasons of just... That joke over and over again, or do you actually develop it so that by the time the show comes to an end, they're not lower decks anymore, they to your point, they're, they're now, they've now made their way to a galaxy-class starship, and Boimler is the captain, and you know, whatever, right? Are we going to see progression in that sense, or, or are we just...
1: Yeah. Well, I, I don't think, though, that they, just because they're on a lower-ranked ship, I don't think that they really... That doesn't mean every episode is that joke. I mean, they go to it once in a while. Right. I don't think they use it too much. Right. So I do think that they could sustain many seasons like this. Right. Very good. Indeed.
0: With that, you can reach out to us on Twitter.
1: On the gram.
0: At Star Trek We Trust. And on Instagram at... in Star Trek we trust podcast and if you want to email us nobody ever does but you're welcome to
1: don't say that we get so actually our 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 inbox fills up too much so if you want to email us you better do it soon after this episode drops or else we may never get to the bottom of the list mm. so do it fast
0: and that is in Star Trek we trust at gmail.com
1: and if you want to let us know what you do while you listen to us Please do. We want to know. What do you do? Do you baste the turkey for a big Sunday dinner? You've been
0: asking this question for the last four years.
1: <laughs> We've gotten a few answers.
0: We did. We did.
1: We are did. You, uh, make making a sauce for Sunday supper. Hmm?
0: <laughs> so busted. Are, uh,
1: are you sweating to the oldies on the treadmill?
0: <laughs> you basting the turkey for Thanksgiving dinner for supper. Yeah, I like that. My parents How are, are you- that. You want to go out to Sapa?
1: Are you sizing? You know, yeah. what are you doing? I don't know. You got to tell me. You break yeah. dancing? You taking break dancing lessons? Yeah,
0: I think everybody knows by now we do. We're all based in the Boston area, but um, I know that my accent does come up from time to time, but yeah, like my parents do still hit me.
1: Yeah, you want to come over for supper? You want to go out to supper? <laughs> supper is just the even just supper is not what I said. Yeah. Let's have really, around here.
0: Yeah. I mean, the most like Bostonian I, statement I can say... That they say. You gotta cut that hair. Yep.
1: Or I think the most about to say it might be like. Listen. Get it. Just get some water from the bubbler. Get in your car and get over here for supper. And most people probably won't even know what a bubbler is. No.
0: I don't even think they know what the hell you just said. <laughs> right. Well. Very good. And so we will see everybody next time. To discuss the season finale of Star Trek Lower Decks and we shall be back next weekend with that analysis so until then peace out everybody
1: be prosperous